Welcome to Coffee and Commerce, the podcast where you'll hear me, Sarah Jones, have conversations with real-life e-commerce business owners. People who have a story to share about how they set up and how they run their online stores. Normal people. People like you and me. Let's dive in. In today's episode, I'm talking to Anne Bishop from Weaving Hope, an online store selling fair trade toys designed to help toddlers learn through play. Anne has had a varied career, working her way through from being a secretary to being a business owner via charity management and an MBA. She's particularly passionate about facilitating the development of others and now harnesses that in her business. Hi, Anne. Good morning. No, good afternoon. Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Well, that that introduction, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about here. So do you want to start off by giving us a little outline as to how you came to start Weaving Hope? Well, actually, I didn't start it. It was started by a friend of mine whose surname was Hope. After she and her husband had taken some time out and been volunteering in Sri Lanka, which is where our, our toys are made. So they they saw the toys, they got to know the women who were making them. And when they came back to the UK, said, do you know what, the, these really should be being available to kids here in the UK. So they set up the company. And because everything is made from hand-woven cotton, the name Weaving Hope came to them. I got to know Nikki through being on serving on the same board as her. We were both on the board of a housing association and I completely fell in love with the toys because they're gorgeous. They're, they're colourful, they're fun, they're quite quirky. And so in 2015, I had to change from being a charity CEO because my husband's job changed and we moved and it was too far to commute. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting thinking, mm, what shall I do next kind of thing? I mean, not quite as simple as that, but she she was talking about what was happening with her business. And I said, oh, do you know what? I'm up for a new challenge business. And then over time, I've bought her out. But what I didn't realize at the time was just what or how much of a challenge it was going to be. <laughs> so I've, I've definitely put on a few gray hairs since then. But, you know, it's a, it's a way to get involved, isn't it? You know, and, and it was that in lots of ways it's that passion that falling in love with the toys that helps keep me going as Mm. well as obviously the the more subtle educational learning through play kind of things behind the scenes but if I didn't love the toys I'm I'm sure I wouldn't have stuck with it (laughs) (laughs) I think that what you've just said there I think so many people can resonate with that the fact that if you knew when you started what you would have to be dealing with and doing Once, you know, once you got started and once you were trying to make a success of it, I'm not sure how many of us would actually be brave enough to start in the first place. But as you say, the passion keeps you going, doesn't it? So when you took over, so when you joined the business then, presumably Mm -hmm. at what stage was the business at then? Did it already have the website? Was it already making sales online? It it was making some, but not not through its own website. So the website Mm. that we have then, wasn't transactional we were only on a third-party platform not on the highstreet.com yeah and there were a couple of wholesale clients and so over time I've developed the wholesale clients I've become a member of BAFTS which is the fair trade network for fair for shops here in the UK so a number of the fair trade shops in this country sell 
my our products yeah and some of the other gift shops some of them are just gift shops but quite a lot of them have an ethical purpose or come from that ethical perspective which mm-hmm. is why fair trade is is popular with them yeah I also have gone on to some other platforms I go out to markets at weekends which I love and we can maybe talk about that separately I don't know yeah and then last year I knew I needed to get a transactional website and the push of the pandemic last year made me finally get on with it so I signed up for Shopify and I'm slowly learning how to make it work on Shopify so have you you did the the website on Shopify or did you get somebody else to help yeah. in to help you with that? No, I, I, I've done it from scratch. How did you so find I'm it? Sure, I'm sure when people go and have a look, they'll be like, oh, I wonder why she did that. Believe me, I, I just, I'm literally in the phase of I have a go. If it works, wonderful. If it doesn't, I look around to see, well, what could I improve? Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I think there's a lot of websites that are like that. Mm, yeah so you know we're, we're all kind of learning as we go aren't we well yes yeah and I mean not all we're not most of us are not in the position to go out and find some fancy developer that kind of has got it all nailed down you know and knows exactly what to do and how to do it so we're all in the same boat and you just have to do what you feel is the best the time mm-hmm. and as you say evolve as you go along so I've, I mean, I've had to learn lots of different things yeah. from taking photographs with a light box through to how you handle documentation for importing the toys into into this country and things like that. So it, it and that is part of the challenge, isn't it? And it's part yeah. of the reason why we love what we do. It's not just that we're passionate about our particular product or, or our particular service. It's that that sense of learning lots of different skills and not being stuck in any one groove you know there's there's constant adaptations and there's new things to explore and yeah sometimes that gets overwhelming but mostly it's it's fun it's it's a challenge it's something new that you're learning it's you're growing and you're developing and it's just you know sometimes by the end of the week you sit down and think oh goodness me (laughs) (laughs) well I think to be honest that's probably a common theme with a lot of people who have their own businesses is the fact that that side of things appeals to them, the fact that if they were doing the same thing, I know for me, if I'm doing the same thing every day, day in, day out, I get so bored, so demoralized and demotivated that I just can't be bothered, quite frankly. And so, because my history with being a bookkeeper, well, bookkeeping's great once you get into it, but it's the same stuff every day, every week, every month, it's repeating the same processes. So I think that's very what you've said about the fact that yes there are a lot of challenges and a lot of things that you have to learn but I think that's probably why we do what we do isn't it that appeals to us to keep us interested I wanted to go back and talk about you mentioned about not on the high street how did you find that because I know a lot of there are a lot of retailers that might be out there considering you know they might have the kind of product that would work on not on the high street they might be considering it I know it's quite expensive to sell on there isn't it but how was what was your experience like on there and are you still selling on there we we do still sell through them and I have to say I think they are excellent Mm -hmm. not only in terms of the opportunity it gives you to get in front of a vast range of people that 
would take a long time to get in front of just sort of on, on your own. But their back office is phenomenal. The the everything from the invoicing, the accounting, the all the, the smooth software behind it. You have you you just don't realize that when you're a customer, when you simply go in and go click, click, click and buy, yeah. you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. And they I think their software investment has been utterly worthwhile it's amazing so yes it's relatively expensive but then when you think what you're getting for it mm. for me it's most definitely worth it yeah I mean there are there are lots of other <clears throat> platforms around now whereas yes. back when Nick started in 2009 there weren't a lot of other options and it's been, it's been quite interesting because I've signed up for some of these sort of if you like the ethical or the green kind of platforms and they are nowhere near as sophisticated or as smooth as not on the high street yet, mm. because obviously Norths has been around for that much longer and they've, they've, they've put the investment into the software. And so for me, most definitely worth it. Yeah, a little bit pricey to others, but they are investing that money. It's, it's going to good yeah. places. Yeah. And as you say, it does put you in front of a lot of people and it's a bit like Amazon, but not yeah. like Amazon in, in as much as people trust that they're buying from a big company or they perceive that they're buying from a big company, even though they are actually buying from lots of individual small companies. Yeah. But there is that trust element that they've got the trust and the reputation of not on the high street. Yeah. And so that you, you're, you've got that on your side as well, haven't you? So. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. also actually quite a community amongst the partners, which is what people like me are called. Yeah. And so there's, there's, you know, everything from the weekly newsletter, the training sessions, the get-togethers, the swapping of ideas. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff support as well. Yeah, yeah. So what you, you mentioned you're on a couple of platforms. Are you on, are there any other major ones that you're on as well, like Etsy? Did you sell on Etsy or no, anything like no, that? No, I, no. I didn't, we didn't originally go on to Etsy because it's not us that's making it. Mm. And Etsy was initially for people making their own things. Yeah. And then when there was the sort of third party option to be honest we didn't really see the point in going down that route for us yeah not not on the high street is brilliant and that taps into all kinds of people but those who are if you like our ideal customer are people who care about not just learning through play but the fair trade element the ethical element the environmental impact element all of which is covered in fair trade so I've actually gone with what I would call the those who've set themselves up as ethical or green or deliberately, you know, fair mm. trade stroke, all, all the other kind of criteria that there are around. Yeah. So that's the route I've chosen to go at the moment. Well, yeah, let's see. Some of them are very new. Yeah. So I have if they're going to work out or not. But that's that's our online world, isn't it? You know, we, we try things and see. Yeah. yeah, you have to put your you have to kind of put yourself out there and put your faith in these businesses because everybody's out there they're all there trying to make a living and trying to make it work and if people don't Mm -hmm. actually put their trust in them to to sell their products then it's never going to work for anybody is it so so yeah yeah, that makes sense when you're mentioned in the introduction there that you have an MBA and so you do have that business knowledge how much (laughs) because I know and I have been guilty of this I know there are so many people out there that think that they need a certificate or a qualification in order to do something. How much has having an MBA and doing, you know, 
learning that side of sort of business strategy and that kind of thing. How much do you think that has helped you when it's come to running your business? I certainly don't think it's been essential. It's actually helped me much more in other things that I've done. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I was a charity chief exec or the various boards that I serve or have served on as a company director, they, they have probably been places that I've tapped into my MBA knowledge much more. I think for me, because I didn't get a degree first time round, as it were. Mm. So I went back to study and got the MBA in my 40s. And in lots of ways, I suspect probably the biggest thing it did for me was give me confidence that a lot of the things I was doing actually were the right sorts of things to do, as in there was academic research that backed them up and that and then and I was doing them for a reason. I just didn't kind of understand what reason was. So I absolutely loved doing my MBA, made a lot of friends all over the globe. So thank goodness we have Facebook because I can stay in touch <laughs> with them. But I just learned so much. And I think it was more than anything, it was the confidence it gave me to do things. But in, in a way, I, I kind of have a bit of an advantage in that I grew up in a small business family. Right. So my, my parents had a village bakery mm-hmm. and we literally lived in the flat above the, above the shop and the bakery was behind. So you you just absorb so much if you live in that kind of environment that you don't even realize. So, you know, you see, I mean, I remember I was only about five or six and I knew the price of every item throughout the shop because back then prices were fixed. (laughs) But, you know, as a five-year-old, I didn't consciously learn them, but I knew exactly how much half a pound of butter was or a loaf of bread or, you know, and, and so you, you just absorb an awful lot of learning and how to deal with people, whether it's customers or staff or suppliers. And I'm sure a lot of that has also helped mm. much as I loved doing all the academic theory and stuff. That was great. That was that was a brilliant time in my life. Yeah. I'll be honest. I I did study with the Open University when nearly twenty years ago now, and I loved that it was computing. I did computing and stuff, and I stopped. But but a few years ago, I decided. Oh, which is why I asked the question. Oh, if I had a master's in digital marketing, I you know people would be much more likely to hire me and work with me. So I started doing a mark. I got one term in, and I'm like, this is so not for me. And I'm like, no. And I and I bowed out gracefully <laughs> and so it's not for everybody but you know no it isn't it you, isn't, obviously it was the right thing for you to do at yeah. the time yeah what do you think because you've got a lot of experience what do you find is the hardest part of running your business I love asking um, this I, question. I think at the moment no no I, I did jot down you know what what some of my struggles are yeah for me because I am not what you would call a digital native Actually, the biggest struggle for me is the whole online thing. Mm. Both in and and, and I've, I've kind of been thinking, why is it that some online things terrify me? Some online things just completely baffle me. And I think it's because I'm from that generation where certainly in the early days of computing, you sat with a paper instruction manual and you had to go, you know, you had to do this followed by that, followed by the other, or else you lost everything. Mm. And I remember a couple of absolute disasters where we lost really important stuff because there wasn't autosave and the, you know, click here. And if it didn't work, you could undo. And, and Youngsters have no idea. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Whereas they just go, oh, that didn't work. Okay, fine. Let's do yeah. it this way. Control Z. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> so, so that's the biggest thing. I think the second thing is, although I am somebody who's reasonably self-reliant, I have missed that opportunity to bounce ideas. And I guess I wasn't even conscious I was doing it. But whether it's over a cup of coffee or the water cooler or actually being in an environment with other chief executives where you're thrashing out what's going on in the sector at the moment and how are we going to handle it? You know, how are we going to present whatever? It's that sort of interaction that I miss. So things like, you know, business groups online, Facebook groups have been really, really valuable for me. But there's nothing quite like that chat face to face is there no there isn't and of course the fact that you're if you're working for yourself and working as I do and looks like you do as well working from home you Mm. haven't got that at least you know and and of course COVID COVID just made it all even worse where we couldn't go out to our co-working space once a week just to kind of see another human being yeah it is it's very hard I I struggle with that side of it as well I must admit because sometimes you just sometimes I don't know about you but do you find sometimes that you'll have an idea and you think it, it probably is a good idea and it probably is going to work, but sometimes you just need to voice it to somebody else mm-hmm. in order to get it straight in your head? I don't know about you. Does do, is, is that do you find? Yeah, um, and I think the thing I notice it most is where I'm kind of wrestling with something and I and I keep just seeing it through the same filter. Mm. And if I had colleagues, I would go and say, look, this is how I'm looking at it, but I'm sure there's another perspective or there's another way through it. Yeah. And and then somebody will, they'll say something or they'll ask the one question. You're like, oh, of course, you know? Yeah. So, so it, it's that element of it as yeah. well. Having a, having another lens to look at it through, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. So is it, is it still just you in the business or do you have anybody else helping you as well? It is at the moment. It is at the moment. I had grand plans for expansion before COVID hit. <laughs> They're still there, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes, yes, just, you know, they won't happen for another couple of years, probably. One of the things people don't necessarily realise, and certainly I didn't before I did it, was that the toy business is incredibly seasonal. Everybody wants you at Christmas, so that end quarter of the year is really busy. And yes, there are birthdays throughout the year, but actually they're not evenly spaced. There's even research that shows different months have different percentages of the birthdays across the year Uh, yeah I I was fascinated by that when I was I was looking for ideas for a newsletter and I thought oh what what is there about birthday anyway we won't get probably Christmas and New Year parties probably has something to do with a baby boom in September and October (laughs) (laughs) surprisingly it is the end of the year it is that sort of time that that. uh, birthdays go up so so what what you have to think about is would you take on a member of staff for the whole year? Yeah. Or do you look to have temporary positions from, say, September to December when dispatch particularly gets very intense? And so I was at the point of sort of looking at maybe for that quarter four, taking on some temporary staff to see how it went. Yeah. And then depending on what happened, then we I would have looked at, do I keep some of them on? Do I look at maybe employing a social media manager or some other kind of spot but as I say COVID hit yeah. <laughs> but, but paid to those plans for the moment so they are parked on the but then abandoned because yeah. a part of my passion with all of this is I don't just want to encourage children to develop but I want to be able to give 
staff and particularly women who may have other challenges, those opportunities to grow and development because the, the folks who actually make the toys are mostly women and part of the philosophy of the woman who set up the business in Sri Lanka was to give women, particularly in rural areas, an opportunity to have some kind of economic activity that would A, generate money and B, be flexible enough that they could be doing it when they're not needed on the farms for planting or harvest Mm. or any of those kind of tasks. And I love that philosophy, which is it's all about what works for the women, not the business needs this and you've got to do it or you're, you're, yeah. you're not, a, you know, you can't be part of us. And, and that's what I would want to do with any staff that I had. So we, whether it's flexible working, whether it's having hours that fit with childcare, whether it's giving opportunities to people who perhaps lack confidence but need to do some real work to get it onto their CV yeah. or as part of their courses or, or those kinds of mm. things. So when I come to employ, that's that's the sort of opportunity I want to offer because that fits with my ethos and it also fits with the ethos of the people who are making the toys in Sri Lanka. Yeah, that's a wonderful idea. And there will be a lot of, as you say, a lot of people who will need that flexibility and will fit in with that for you. I'm just thinking that yeah. literally this morning, my daughter got a phone call to say, you need to come to the school because her child had yeah. face and all and there's so many people and and to be able to work for a company that understands that okay today we have to cut your day short but it's a two-way street then I think people are more willing to bend over backwards for their employer if they know that their employer is also going to be flexible with them isn't it so I think that's a that's a lovely idea I really like that I'm just curious I don't know why this popped into my head while I was just sitting here wishing do you actually pack all the parcels and send them out yourself? I do it all myself at the moment. You can see why I was thinking about taking somebody on to help with the Christmas rush. Uh, not surprised. <laughs> you know, I, yes. Yeah. Um, there are times when every surface in the house has either got, you know, boxes or toys or order sheets with things <laughs> being ticked off. Them. So yes, yes, it it. it I desperately want to move out and um, have, have be able to have the space to employ the staff and, and manage that side a bit more effectively. But yeah, for the time, moment, in, in all in good time because it will it will all come, I'm sure, won't it? I hope because so. The, yeah. The, the the toys are beautiful, and I encourage people not even not just people who have children, but I just encourage everybody to go and have a look at your website because we'll link to it on the show notes. It's like fabric and, and fabric play food. And it's not just little toy animals and things like that, but this whole play food plates and things like that. It's absolutely, absolutely yep. beautiful. And I think there's so much more awareness of the whole, e- not just the, the as in eco-friendly, planet-friendly, but there's so many more people that want to buy brands that are people friendly so not you know exploiting people in third world countries or whatever and I think that's so important that yeah I think they should we need more businesses like you I think to fly the flag so that if people vote with their wallet and, and also and buy to, from to, you, to do it with quality items yeah you know, this isn't yeah. stuff that's been amateurishly put together yeah yeah very good they've been doing 
it for nearly 30 years now. They've got accreditation with, with the World Fair Trade Organization. They are absolutely rigorous in their safety standards and, and their environmental standards and things. So it's it's because I think in the early days, fair trade and the ethical stuff felt a little bit homespun, mm. but it is so much better now. Yeah. And so for me, it's a it's a privilege to be able to bring these toys into the UK and sell them here, knowing both the women who've been making them, but also all the effort that they put into doing them well, to doing them beautifully, to doing them safely. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I wish you every success. And it's been a privilege talking to you as well, because I love to hear everybody's story that comes on here. Yeah, I, I wish you every success. And I look forward to when you are um, expanding and have your employees and somebody else to do your packing for you. And uh, yes, and I know, I, know it's, I know it's only May, but I know for a fact that anybody who's in your kind of industry is already planning for Christmas. So I wish you every success with that. And Thank you very much for talking to me today. That's all right. It's been really interesting. Thank you very much, Sarah. You're welcome. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other people to discover the content. Don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified when we publish a new episode.